Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Randy, today we're going to start a new series. And I don't think it'll be a very long series, but it's some topic uh, that I've been passionate about for a long time, and that's the topic of vision, creating vision. You know, Mark, that's a subject that uh, is uh, uh, near and dear to your heart. We know that. It's a subject that is uh, oftentimes addressed here at Faithful and True. And, uh, you know, I think that... uh, you know, even if we have mentioned it in the past, it's just one of those subjects that's uh, a relevant one for us to uh, revisit from time to time because it's got such an impact. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to introduce this today, I, uh, and, but I want to return to one basic principle here, and that is this. When we think about the men who come here who struggle, we recognize, of course, that they're struggling with their sexual energy, their sexual drive. And I always look back to the story of creation in Genesis, and God uh, speaks to both Adam and Eve and basically instructs them to be fruitful and multiply. So God has inherently put inside our brains the instinct to be creative, to be productive, and to uh, be fruitful and to multiply. Now, in that one, he's talking about sexuality, so he is saying to us, I believe, that our our reproductive drive, our sexual drive, is part of our creative energy, our productive energy. And uh, one of the things I love about the way God designed us is that he designed men and women that are married in such a way that they really become co-creators of new human beings. I mean, God created the original human beings, and now we get to co-create with him, uh, procreate, um, but we're, we're, we're creating according to God's design for healthy sexuality. I do think one of the essential points there is that God has put in us instinctually the, the drive and the desire to be creative, productive, passionate, uh, fruitful, and and. That's kind of where I want to focus our attention as we kind of move through our short series here on the concept of vision. Well, as you talk about creation and procreating, uh, it also always strikes me, and sometimes it's, it's motivating. It certainly is. There's a sense of gratitude uh, when, you, when you have created a child. And as that child grows and you see elements of both the wife and the husband within this child. Yeah. And, and, you know, that that's always kind of, <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know, it's kind of part of the um, the mystery and wonderment uh, of it all. Right. You know, that yeah. God would be able to give us the ability to create. And within that created uh, individual, you're seeing uh, aspects of, of the mother and father, both physically, genetically, and uh, a lot of times, you know, personality-wise. Uh, uh, personality-wise, sometimes 
Uh, unfortunately, emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> well, characteristics of me, anyway. Well, that, but, that, uh, you know, that's that. Yeah. You know, that, there's there's that too uh, can be a very uh, powerful and useful. Uh, characteristic. There's, uh, I see there nothing being wrong with being uh, an emotionally sensitive person. Well, co-creation process is an ongoing one, really. I mean, there is the genetic origins of that, the uh, planting of seeds, the creation of an embryo, and and God is conspiring with us to uh, create a new human being. So, what what I want to focus on is the fact that we have inside of us um, a drive, an instinctual drive to be productive, to be passionate, to be uh, creative. And when I think about, therefore, the men who come here, and you know, as our audience knows, we we recognize, of course, that there are many, many females that struggle with sexual addiction. But here at Faithful and True, we focus on on the men who do. And uh, they have, in fact, uh, pursued their addiction with a great amount of energy, a great amount of passion, a great amount of creativity. We listen to, you know, lots and lots of stories here, and it never seems to amaze me how incredibly technologically savvy, you know, people become, how creative, how passionate they are in pursuing whether it's internet pornography, images of people, uh, uh, affair-type relationships, uh, it's always, you know, really striking, you know, how completely creative, productive, and passionate, you know, this uh, pursuit can be. So now, all of a sudden, uh, when we get them into uh, the healing journey, we basically tell them, to uh, stop doing that. And uh, uh, we obviously try to give them a lot of tools to facilitate that, as we've talked about on the show. But the essential nature of it is that we're saying to them, uh, stop using your creativity, productivity, and passion to pursue sinful activity. And when we tell them that, I've always thought we better be prepared to help encourage them uh, in knowing where to invest that creative, productive, and passionate energy and one of the easier things to say would be, we're going to invest it in, in God's purposes, uh, not evil purposes. So that's kind of what I want to focus on in these series, just some thoughts about uh, vision. And vision is that uh, sense of a, a mental picture that we get about uh, how God would also like to co-create with us, perhaps a career, perhaps a family, perhaps uh, an avocation, perhaps uh, a service-oriented uh, 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 type of activity such that God is now also co-creating with us ways to uh, serve, help, uh, better the universe. Well, just listening to you just then, and maybe this is a subject for a future show, because as you were just saying all of that and talking about technology, for some reason, uh, God brought the thought to my mind about your past 27 or 28 years mm-hmm. and how technology has uh, so dramatically changed. changed. Yeah. And in fact, I sent you an email yesterday of, of, of some futuristic 
new gadgets out there uh, that uh, someone had shared with me, and I thought, oh, you're going to get a kick out of this because there was like a wafer thin cell phone, and there oh. was a, you know, there was a, uh, a a ring that you can wear on your finger that allows you to send voicemails and listen to music and yeah. and all kinds of things like this, and so I thought. In your field of expertise, in your field of leading men to sobriety and uh, and sexual purity, how technology has changed the way in which you lead men, uh, you know, over these past 20-some years. Well, I do think uh, the only way I would segue that to what we're doing is that uh, I do think it's a, perhaps a topic for a, another maybe even series of shows, and that's the challenges of technology today. But mm-hmm. Uh, the segue would be when you think about uh, the Steve Jobs and you know the guys like that who you know created Apple and uh, created the computer and created software and now you know because of Apple and Microsoft and you know other the big uh, firms you know we are seeing increasingly smaller devices that are capable of keeping us connected to the world and that's a matter of some people you know, exercising their creativity, productivity, and passion. And I'll guarantee you, as I understand the story, particularly of Steve Jobs, you know, he had a vision at one point about the computer and about creating what he eventually did. And I think even as he was dying, um, you know, in his commencement address that I think most people have heard, uh, where he was kind of outlining some of the lessons that he has learned, um, I think one of the main one was, you know, pursue your passion, pursue your vision in life, and uh, don't be afraid of uh, getting a new idea and uh, pursuing that. Well, let's do this. Let's take our break at this point, and when we come back, you can bring us, uh, your listeners and your co-host, uh, into <laughs> into uh, the uh, the introduction of this vision. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Gone are the dark clouds that 
Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. We were talking before we, we started to record, and uh, I've noticed for myself, while it's not a trigger in these days for me sexually, I know for a lot of the men who come here it is, and that's the trigger of traffic. For example, I think one of the guys last night in our group, uh, Tuesday night group, encountered one of the you know umpteen million road construction projects here and uh, throughout the greater Twin Cities area. Well, not only the Twin Cities, but Minnesota in general. I mean, we have a saying here in Minnesota: there are two seasons, winter and road construction season. And there are several of our major highways that are either completely shut down or um, pared down to one lane, and it's creating uh, particular havoc going uh, north to south, south to north. So this one particular guy was uh, encountering one of those uh, road construction projects, knew he was going to be um, late for group, and at some point as he was sitting in stop-and-go traffic, I think he was trying to decide whether or not to even proceed, uh, get off at the next exit, turn around, and go back home because... Uh, he hated to be late. I, th- I think, you know, in our ongoing search for new and different kinds of triggers, what we're saying there is triggers make us ang- uh, triggers like this one, road construction, make us angry, make us impatient, uh, bring us to literal forks in the road where we wonder whether to keep going. And uh, for some of the men early in recovery, that level of anger, impatience, and so forth can lead them to, you know, the historic ways that they've medicated, particularly with uh, sexual uh, activity. Well, that's a, that's a point that, again, shows the general widespread variety of triggers that uh, exist in our lives, that's for sure. Well, let's get back to the launch of this new series on vision. I want to ground this in uh, Scripture, and uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is from the book of uh, Proverbs. It's uh, actually 29th chapter, 18th verse. Now, Uh, Those listening, be a little uh, careful here because uh, some of the newer translations of the Bible have not translated the Hebrew word here in the way the King James does. And I want to read the King James Version. Here's what it says. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. There's some relationship between vision and keeping vision and having a vision and keeping the law, which I think is interesting because what is the book of Proverbs but a book of wisdom? And I find that to be true uh, with the men who are pursuing recovery, um, healing. If they, if they don't have any place that they're moving forward, if they're, they're, they're moving toward, um, then they, they kind of sit around and their creative, productive, and passionate energy is not being used And uh, it seeks expression, and given their histories of sexual sin, it will be tempted to be creative, productive, and passionate in the pursuit of sexual sin again. So this is an incredibly important thing, Uh, AA, that has a way of dumbing things down into very pithy uh, phrases, says, if you're going to stop something, start something. Now, if we're going to stop sexual sin, and we want to pursue God's plan for our lives, uh, I think that th- that really encapsulates uh, the idea that we really want to be searching for God's uh, plan for our lives, and I think the way that will show up oftentimes 
is in this concept of vision. I also like the idea, as you shared that that uh, verse with us, that uh, the thought of vision leading to happiness. Yeah, uh, not just happiness. I mean, uh, the ability and happiness is produced by the fact that we're leading godly uh, lives, that we're obeying God's laws, that we are uh, keeping his commandments, and that will, in fact, bring happiness. Right. I mean, it's a hand-in-hand concept. That's right. You know, if, yeah. if, uh, if we have a vision, if we follow that vision, if we pursue that vision with passion, uh, it's going to lead to all of the right things that, that, that we're searching for. That's right. So I think in this first installment of the series, wherever we go with it, that, uh, and by the way, the listeners, you know, we don't always have an idea. I mean, we don't have these shows kind of scripted out from week to week. That's kind of the spontaneous nature of the show. But I do know that this vision idea is significant enough that I think we want to devote several shows at least to it. Well, the feedback that we've gotten, Mark, on these is people do enjoy the series. Yeah. Uh, and, and when we're doing series, and whether that be the God of Second Chances or a series like we're starting today with Vision, I think uh, the listeners like to lock into a theme and have several shows that they can turn to and, and uh, you know, and, and really listen in and, uh, and hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, so uh, for today, let's uh, distinguish one thing, which is an important part of what I've been trying to talk about. The average man who comes here has been pursuing mental pictures. You know, we, we know that many of them pursue uh, pornography. Well, that's uh, pictures, isn't it, of, uh, uh, you know, females for most of our men, males for some of them, uh, that they consider to be in some level kind of idyllic or almost uh, uh, mythological. And uh, it's kind of the pursuit of what they, they think might be the perfect woman who's all kind, all nurturing, all loving, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's a mental picture. Uh, one of the things that has fascinated me throughout uh, uh, my understanding of, of history is how many great leaders, great painters, great sculptors, uh, all talked about the fact that before they produced something wonderful or led something wonderful, they had a vision or a picture of what they wanted to do or what they were going to do. Uh, we're going to talk more about some of those stories as we go along in the, in the series. Uh, I have a great friend and colleague, Eli Machen, who introduced me to this whole idea years and years ago. Um, just a, a wonderful thinker about this. He would tell a couple of examples that I like, one of which is the example of Michelangelo. And uh, Michelangelo, as we all know, was one of the greatest uh, artists and sculptors of all time. And uh, my favorite story about this that Eli would always tell is the story of uh, the, the statue, the archangel uh, Gabriel. And uh, Michelangelo was uh, known to have said, uh, I saw a block of stone and I had a vision of the angel in the stone. I had a picture of the angel in the stone. And I started carving, uh, chiseling, until I set the angel free. In other words, it's almost as if he could see... Yeah, looking at this block of marble or right. whatever, and within it he could see this angel. Yeah, I look at a block of marble, and I think, <laughs> at best, at best, I think granite 
marble countertops. I mean, I I don't see angels. <laughs> I'm seeing a cheese cutting board. I don't know. Uh, yes. it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'm seeing a lot of work. I'm seeing a lot of work. I'm seeing, somebody better have some power tools here because I would have no clue. Well, that's a good point when you're talking about Michelangelo. He had no power tools. Well, that's exactly it. So, yeah. Which makes it powerful, though. He had an image. He had a picture. He saw the angel. And he discarved until you know that picture became um, a, a reality. And anyone who's seen any of his statues, for that matter, would say that you know he must have had powerful images uh, of what he was sculpting or what he was painting. Uh, we could go on with that. It's the idea that oftentimes in life we're driven by pictures. We're driven by ideas, and uh, those pictures, the ones that we choose will be the ones that direct our activity. If we're choosing pornographic pictures, you know, that will then direct our activity. We'll be on the internet, we'll be searching, we'll be, you know, uh, leading to sexual arousal and eventually acts of masturbation. I mean, pictures drive us more so than we realize on a daily basis. One of the uh, other examples uh, that maybe the listeners can relate to is that, have you ever been shopping for a new car these days and you go online, and these days even the car dealers encourage you to go on their websites and, and create your own car. I mean, look at the various models, put different colors to it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And let's say, as I did a number of years ago, I decided on a particular uh, model of Toyota, and uh, I decided on the, the model, the year, the color, you know, all that kind of stuff. The bells, the whistles that you wanted on yeah, it? All of that. And... Now, as I'm driving around, before I even purchase the thing, I'm seeing every model of that particular car that I wanted to buy. I mean, it, it amazed me how many Toyota Highlanders there were on the road. I mean, if I, if I get a picture in my brain of something that I desire, I'm going to start seeing it out there in the universe. Do you get that idea? So then it behooves us to say, you know, what pictures are we putting in our in our brain? As addicts transition to being men of uh, integrity, honor, valor, uh, the men that God calls them to be, one of their greatest challenges is to put uh, new and different pictures in their brain. And then uh, I think on our next show, we need to talk about this idea, what is the source of that picture and who uh, gives it to you in the first place? Uh, I was doing a little biblical research before I came down to the studio today. Uh, ran across this passage in uh, the book of Job. Uh, Job is, you know, in that long portion, you know, toward the end of the book. Um, and he's, uh, the, the, the narration here uh, is talking about the fact that many people complain uh, that they, they talk to God, but God never speaks to them. God never talks to them. But listen to this. This is verse 12 of the 33rd chapter. But I tell you, in this you are not right, for God is greater than any mortal. Why do you complain to him that he responds to no one's words? For God does speak, now one way, now another. Though no one perceives it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears, and terrify them with warnings. Well, that's a little harsh at the end, but I, I know that there are lots of times when in dreams, or I wake up with the, you know, in the morning, 
and there's some new thought in my head about something. And, you know, then the question becomes, who put it there? Um, <clears throat> is it my selfishness or is it uh, God's uh, ongoing attempt to communicate with me about his plan for my life? It reminded me, as you read that, of the uh, just a couple of years ago when one of the telephone companies, one of the cellular companies, had this uh, young guy, dark hair, uh, nerdy-looking, uh, dark-rimmed glasses, and the catchphrase was, can you hear me now? Oh, that was one of the cell phone ads, that, wasn't That's it? right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so as we as humans go, you know, God, why aren't you responding to me? You know, and God is saying, can you hear me now? Can you, you hear me now? You, right. You right. know, that's it's just right. like, what are you talking about? You know how you tossed and turned last night? Yeah. I was talking to you all night long. <laughs> you yeah, know? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that, it, it, a certain restlessness, whether it's at night or mm -hmm. even during the day, I think God is trying to get through. Through to us. I was talking to one of our men the other day, and he's uh, in a career which he is uh, university educated to do. But he clearly doesn't like it. And so he comes in kind of depressed, kind of bored. And uh, I said uh, to him the other day, you know, maybe you're just restless. I mean, maybe it is that God is trying to wake you up a little bit here and um, challenge you that, you know, if, if one of the, I think one of the sources of d depression and boredom is you're not doing what God intends for you to do. Right. And, uh, uh, you're not following God's direction and path in your life. Because I assure you of the fact that if you feel like you're in the flow of God's vision for your life, you will feel a huge sense of joy and fulfillment. Maybe, I don't know, that's not a bad place to end today to say that uh, one of the things I think is so important is listen uh, or quiet yourself sometime and just ask yourself, what pictures in my brain give me the greatest sense of joy as opposed to the greatest sense of guilt or shame. That leads us right back to the thought that you've shared so many times about us taking the time to meditate. Right. Yeah, I think a meditation is one of the ways God speaks to us. And it's not, you know, most people are kind of sitting around like, and the book of Job is talking about here, waiting for some audible word. And uh, what we're saying here is God speaks through images and pictures. He speaks through angels, too. I mean, uh, how many times have people come up to us and given us an idea or told us that we're good at something or suggested something or pointed out something and we say, oh, yes, you know, and we kind of get it. So look for angels that might be everyday, ordinary people. Look for pictures. Look for repetitive things that are coming into your sight lines on a daily basis. Maybe God is trying to point something out to you. I don't know. We'll tell the story next week, but we wouldn't be sitting in this building if God hadn't shown me one day 12 years ago a for sale sign. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. It's our pleasure to bring you the Men of Valor program, and we hope that uh, you've enjoyed today's show. Until we join you again next week, we wish you a week filled with great vision and many blessings. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.